Are you in a place where you are feeling like enough is enough? You're ready to get that business idea launched. You're ready to move faster in your business. You're ready to bring in more income and you're ready to attract more ideal clients with your messaging and offers. It's time to reach out and let's work one-on-one. And the way that you can do that is by visiting my website at elizabethlaconi.com and committing today. If you've been sitting in a stuck stage for more than a week, it's time. So head over to my website and let's start partnering on your business strategy together. Welcome to the Equip Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Laconi and I'm a business strategy coach, published author, and the woman you want in your corner as you navigate your business journey. If you're in a season of pivot, shifting, or just knowing that there's more that you're called to do and seek the clarity and strategy to guide you through this season, then you're in the right place, friend. My goal in this podcast is to teach you the life lessons and the strategies that I've personally learned over the past decade of being an entrepreneur. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of She Gets Me Entrepreneur Chat on topics guaranteed to boost your confidence, business growth, and income. If you're ready for tactical skills mixed with some sisterhood real talk about the world of entrepreneurship, then let's make it a date weekly and take this journey together, friend. Okay, today we're taking on imposter syndrome. It is estimated that 70% of people at one point in their life struggle with this. So if you are someone who has ever or is currently dealing with imposter syndrome, we're gonna talk about what it actually is, then you're definitely not alone. A lot of times we suffer from these thoughts of not being enough or not doing enough when we're maybe going into a new role or we're taking on a new challenge. But for some people, it's a reoccurring thought loop that prevents them from believing they are deserving of their success or that their achievements are due to their own efforts and skills. I remember the first time that I ever really felt it was towards the very end of network marketing, which is such a strange time, I think, to experience imposter syndrome. I feel like most people are going to feel it initially when they're starting something and then they start to have success and then they're fine. But it's really not. And I'm going to talk about some different types of imposter syndrome that I learned about recently and I thought I would come on here. So I didn't come up with these. I'm, I'm sharing these from an article that I was researching and I thought it was really fascinating and you may find yourself in one of these five types. But back to my story, towards the end of network marketing, as I knew I was going to pivot out and truly step into entrepreneurship, start a coaching business, I actually experienced an imposter syndrome then because I started to doubt if what I had built in network marketing was luck or hard work or a mix of both. Now, unless you're in network marketing, you might not quite understand. And then there's different business and comp plan models out there as well. But I had significant 
success in my network marketing company very rapidly. And I grew a team of over 30,000 people in a very short period of time and made over a million dollars. And I won't go into the details of how I did all that, but there's a huge component of it of who you know, who they know, and just being well networked and finding the right people. And so towards the very end of it, I started to really question myself, like, was this luck? Did I actually do this? Did I, am I able to carry these skills into something else and have the same level of of success? And so that was just a first really feeling of imposter syndrome of like, maybe this wasn't really legit. Like maybe I don't deserve or I never deserve this achievement. And I've I've smartened up since then and know, oh my gosh, yes, I put in a lot of work. Um, There is a component that is, there is luck. I mean, some people would argue against it. I don't. I think that there's an element of luck that comes with it. But I'm not going to talk about my network marketing journey, but that was just kind of the beginning of me second guessing my own experience and success. Imposter syndrome is basically a psychological phenomenon that occurs amongst high achieving individuals. If you notice, a lot of times it's the ones that have actually had some success or have a lot of experience or potential And experts have found that individuals who do experience imposter syndrome do not all view competence in the same way. Instead, there are five competence types, which are like internal rules individuals tend to follow with each type of imposter. And so that's what I was reading and researching. And I was like, this is really fascinating on where people fall in this. And so I thought I would come on here and share the the five types and together maybe we'll kind of find like, ooh, I see myself in this type or nope, that's definitely not me, but that's me. And you might find yourself in a couple different ones. And so, you know, listen along and maybe you'll understand your imposter type and discover ways of overcoming maybe some limiting beliefs so that you can trust your abilities celebrate your successes and thrive in your endeavors. And I'm here with you because I'm going to learn alongside with you through really all of these episodes this month. So the very first one is the perfectionist. So this person really is never totally satisfied and always feels like her work could have been better. She expects 110%. She often will get fixated and uh, or on perceived like flaws or mistakes rather than actually focusing on her strengths and what went well. She puts a lot of pressure on herself and feels high amounts of anxiety. Now, I can put myself at one point of my life in this. I think I grew up a bit of a perfectionist. I've always wanted to do things right and well done. And I also like to get praise for that. You know, I don't like to make mistakes. But as I've gotten older, I think I've realized that the mistakes are where I learn. 
because if I did everything right, never made mistakes, I mean, we would never learn anything about life. We would never understand how to grow. So I think some of this is as you continue to grow up and get into your professional journey, you'll start to realize that this isn't real. Like there is no such thing as being perfect. So if you find yourself in this category of being the perfectionist, here is a one way that you could overcome a limiting belief. Aim for good enough. I know that's hard for the people who are perfectionists, but check in with your true feelings to set realistic goals and standards for yourself and know when it is good enough for the day. Let yourself experience the power and relief from this. Okay, the next one. The natural genius. I thought this one was really interesting. So this person, she believes she should be good at whatever she does right away. Oh, right now I feel super convicted saying that. She looks at others who are masters of their craft and think they had to have been born that way. Because of these beliefs, she sets excessively lofty goals for herself and feels crushed when she doesn't succeed on her first try. She can feel disappointed and frustrated in herself and she may jump from hobby to hobby, never giving herself enough time to be a learner. She sees setbacks as personal failures and questions her competency. Who feels really convicted? So the first half of that, I felt very convicted because I, like the perfectionist, I don't like to get things wrong and I don't like to wait. I really suck with patience. And I will tell you this year alone, my I have had to adopt a, a patience that I never had before. And I'm still, still working on it, you guys. I'm still working on it. I don't like not seeing results the first time. And I'm going to say something that's going to make some people roll their eyes. But I have never truly failed professionally. And I won't say I failed this year. I have not failed this year. But I've never struggled with reaching goals since I was a young age, I mean, I was a dancer and I did really well. I was a cheerleader. I did really well. I started a photography business and it went really well. I, you know, crushed network marketing. And then I decided to start my own coaching business and pivot. And, and this year has been humbling and it has also been a wake up call because I don't care what you believe, God, universe, whatever. I believe that in order for me to go to my next level, into my next season, God said, Elizabeth, it's time to understand and humble and have empathy for what the majority of people have probably already gone through and that you have just breezed through. And I'm sharing that story because it's true. I really have never had to struggle professionally until this year, and it's not comfortable having to be patient. It's not comfortable not seeing results overnight. And you know what's difficult is when that's what you see on social media. It actually makes me very bitter and frustrated, and I 
am glad that I'm in the place that I am now of that kind of in-between season because I'm able to see those gurus and those coaches who are are saying that X, Y, and Z happened overnight and it can happen for you too. And here's the formula. I'm actually glad I see it because I know what I don't want to do. It's not an integrity for me. And I just had a conversation with my own coach about this the other day of, of how like I through this process of not seeing things right away have also realized what I don't want to be when it's my full time, if that makes sense. So if you find yourself in this natural genius that you just never give yourself full enough time, which I will say I I stick with things. I, I know the path. I know that it takes years sometimes. Um, and and I'm really having to lean into that this year. But a limiting belief that you could work on is cultivating a growth mindset where you can watch your abilities and your skills increase with the amount of effort you put in. So focus on enjoying the process of learning. This is what I have really had to focus on this year. The next one, and the third one, is the superhero. So this woman is known to step up to the task. She has no problem taking on extra responsibility. She's doing things for others. She seems to work harder than maybe other people and always juggling many tasks at once. But she frequently feels inadequate, which drives her to push herself as hard as possible, often denying her true feelings and needs. I call this the hustler. And I know a few of those people. And that's where burnout happens. So if you recognize yourself in this superhero, then a limiting belief you can overcome is recognizing the feelings underneath the habit of people pleasing, because that's really what it is. It's people pleasing. Learning to validate your feelings and needs before prioritizing others. I actually have a very dear friend who used to be the superhero. She'd say yes to everything. I have a couple, actually, a couple really good friends that I call the superhero. They are they are professional at yes. But I feel like in the last couple of years, they have really created healthy boundaries for their health and their business and their mindset. And they've gotten better at saying no and taking care of themselves. But I feel like when you are the superhero for everyone but yourself, you're running the risk of really burning yourself out. The fourth one is the expert. So she considers herself a lifelong learner but never seems satisfied with her level of understanding. I call these people also professional students. I know a lot of them in the coaching world. So she tends to delay starting things. Mm, Yep, sounds familiar. Maybe projects or work tasks or launching a new business or starting a course because she needs to prepare more. She needs to know more. On paper, she's very highly skilled, although she seems to underrate her own expertise. It never feels like enough. She always has to be doing more and she fears underachieving. So are you the expert or want to be expert, need to be expert, the professional student 
If so, a limiting belief you can work through is accepting that there is never an end to learning. We are always going to be learning and, and being students. And you could always be doing more. Of course, there's always more that could be done. There's not an end. So learn to differentiate when it's necessary to gain more knowledge and when the urge is driven by fear. It's really, really common before you start something to get ready to get ready. I've actually done an episode on this before of like, stop getting ready to get ready. Learn just enough and go and let experience be the, the teacher for you. Let experience be the guide and the mentor for you. The last one And number five is the soloist. So this woman prefers to work alone and is very individualistic. She feels better about herself when she's productive and worse when she perceives herself to be unproductive. She tends to reject any assistance or help from others and believes asking or accepting for help is a sign of incompetence or weakness. I think at one time in my life, I was this person. I wanted actually to not only do it all, be perfect at it all, it all work out, but I wanted all the credit. Mm, That feels terrible to say and really selfish, but I remember there was an event that I planned a couple years into network marketing. It was a really, really big event. I'm talking like 500 people were coming to it and I did all of the planning, all of the administrative stuff. And I remember I had a couple of local uh, teammates who were like, tell us what to do. And it was the process of delegating that was so difficult for me and ended up having a conversation of like, it's really actually hurting our feelings that you're not asking, that you're not asking. And so I feel like it's detrimental on both sides, especially if you have the ability to work with other people. A lot of times, if you don't ask for help, people will assume you don't need help, but they'll also never involve you in anything because you won't appear like a team player. And there's nothing wrong with working alone. I actually like to work very alone, but I also value working in teams of people who have work styles and personalities that complement mine. I, you know, it's like being in in middle school and you get paired with like a slacker lab partner. I don't, none of us want that, but paired with the right types of people, I love it. And I, I feed off of their energy. So if you find yourself as the soloist, practice asking for help and learn to recognize when additional help or assistance would benefit you more than going about it alone. So identify a support group, meaning the individuals who you can trust and know will have your back. An important note to know about all of this is while these were titles and labels of things, I don't want you to now take this and be like, okay, well, I'm the perfectionist. The idea here is is to reframe from labeling and diagnosing yourself here. Like these are fun, but they're also ways to help you see yourself in this and to move through it because I was giving you ideas of how you can overcome really what's causing it are those limiting beliefs. So it's really simply to bring awareness to your own beliefs and behavioral patterns that may not be serving you. 
the idea and the phenomenon of imposter syndrome affects all kinds of people from all walks of life. And we can believe that these feelings are abnormal and that because we are experiencing them, they, it means that we're not worthy or we're not doing well. But I feel like it's the opposite. It's usually when we are succeeding in life that we feel this way. And the more one achieves, the more opportunities they will feel like an imposter. And so I feel like we need to normalize that this is, it's normal. It's normal to feel these ways. And it's like we don't have to shove it to the side because if we're feeling this way, it means that we're doing work in some capacity. It means that we're successful in some capacity. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't even have these thoughts. These are all, if you notice, all of these have something to do with action and work, sometimes a little bit more than others. But what's driving that is what's going through our brains. And that really comes down to our beliefs and our behaviors. These are some ways, if you find yourself, that you can start very small, just reframing that limiting belief. I hope that this helps you today as just a broad conversation on the types of imposter syndrome. And as I say in my other episodes, nothing about today is meant to diagnose or prevent or treat any type of maybe mental illness that's layering underneath these feelings, these titles, these these labels. If you feel as if there are deeper rooted issues, please reach out to a therapist or a counselor or a doctor to get help. If you find this episode helpful and you know someone who needs to listen to it, please pass it along. And if you haven't already subscribed to my podcast, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review. Hey friend, I hope today's episode equipped you with what you need to feel inspired to take action or even change. And if so, I would be so grateful if you would leave me a review and then share this on social media with a friend or a colleague who could benefit. So much of what I share, if not all of what I share, is exactly what I've walked through. So I relate to you more than you realize. And hey, if you're craving more and are ready to connect beyond this podcast, I'd love to encourage you to connect with me on Instagram. That's at Elizabeth Lacoque.